Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. I have with us a marketing guru the creative director and founder of Moxie Tonic Marketing, a nerd and a marketing rock star. This is Natalie Gowan. I appreciate you taking the time to be with me today. Thanks, Aaron. It's really great to be here. Yeah. So, you know, I had the good fortune. I connected with you after um, I spent some time with Advance Your Reach and they recommended you to help me with some things that we were doing. And one of the things you shared with me, which was very interesting, is this idea of like story brand. And, um, you know, prior to me being exposed to that, I was kind of under the assumption, which I imagine a lot of people are, that the purpose of kind of marketing is to toot your own horn and how great you are and things of that nature versus, um, you know, having the clients be kind of the hero and you helping them to accomplish their goals. So if you could just real quick, if that's possible, kind of share with us, like what is story brand and why you feel it's so important for whatever it is, somebody's selling, whether they're trying to sell real estate or classes online or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great question. And, and storytelling in marketing has been around for a long time. You mentioned that I am a marketing nerd, which is totally true because I like to look at marketing from magazines in the 1800s and they are telling, they're always telling a story uh, uh, and, and it's long form in this storytelling. And that's evolved over the years as our attention spans have changed and what it takes to keep and hold people's attention has changed. But the one thing that hasn't changed is the fact that stories are very compelling. The place where most business owners and especially most individual brands, it's especially easy to fall into this trap uh, when it comes to storytelling and marketing is we get confused as to whose story we're telling. As a business owner, I'm tempted to tell my story. I'm tempted to tell the story of me, my journey, and, and how great my company is. But really, the story that needs to be tell, told and the story that captures people's attention is their own story. So if you're talking to your customers, it's the, the story of their journey that's going to hold their attention more than tooting your own horn. Yeah, that is so interesting because I see in, uh, you know, in my field, not only with selling real estate in high volume, but also coaching and training agents throughout the country, the tendency for people is to lead with themselves, how great I am, how many homes I've sold, you know, things of that nature. And what you're saying here is, is that storytelling has been around forever. It's been one of the main mechanisms for us to be able to disseminate information from one human to another. And what What's interesting is that that confusion of whose story you're actually telling, right? So could you give us an example of like what you mean by that, right? Like how somebody could think it's this, but it's actually 
this is the story that should be told. So if I'm a real estate agent and I come in and I say, I've sold X number of houses, I've, uh, you know, I, this is how many days they're on the market. You know, I'm, t- I'm telling my story. I'm, I, I, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I am making this such an easy sell to this prospective seller, right? They're, they're definitely going to list their house with me because they can see I, I can do this so well and so fast. In their head, they're thinking, I have to move. I have to pack my boxes. Oh my gosh, do I have to clean my closets before we can show the house? They're thinking about themselves and their problems. And when you're over here with this story about what a great agent you are, you are not helping them solve their immediate problems. So when you enter into their story and pick up where they're at, it becomes a lot more, it becomes easier for them to see you fitting in into their life. Hey, one of the things that I do as an agent is I'm going to help you get your home ready to be show worthy. And this is how, well, now you've just eliminated this question out of their mind. They're no longer thinking about it. Uh, Do I have to do X, Y, and Z? You've addressed that problem and now they can pay attention to the next thing that you say to them, which could be, and when we go through these steps together, I've seen houses close as in little as five days or whatever it, whatever it is, not close. I'm not a real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get an offer that's acceptable. So this is so interesting because yeah. it's kind of like reverse engineering uh, because I'm very much so like a geek of selling. And what I hear you saying to me is by asking questions versus talking about myself, right? All the time, how great I am, whatever. But asking questions to Natalie and saying, you know, like I'm curious in terms of this move, um, ultimately time frame wise, like how soon would you and your family like to make this happen? And really gathering as much information as I possibly can. And through gathering all that information, then I can position, right, the story that I'm going to tell to be an answer or a solution to those problems that they already have in their mind. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Because if, if you come in too and you're seeing things along the lines of, you know, I'm on track to be the top agent in my, my brokerage, they're, because they're a decent human being, they're going to think, congratulations, I'm so proud of you. I actually need to go find somebody to help me buy my, sell my house. And they don't make that connection that them being the, you being the best agent in your brokerage and them selling their house actually goes together. They just don't connect those dots because they're so in their head with their problems. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I'm aware that there is, that's totally true, a thousand percent. And what I'm aware of is that there is a little bit of an element where they want to know what I know what I'm doing, right? And via social proof or think different things, mm-hmm. they'll be able to determine that. At the same time, making that shift to focusing on what their goals and objectives are and then having a story be the solution to those problems positions you completely above the rest because most people are going to go in and talk about themselves all the time and tell the story about their company. Now, one of the things you shared with me, which was really like an insight for me and really changed the way that I think about, you know, conversations and marketing per se, is you shared with me kind of the story of Star Wars. So if you're open to that, if you can kind of share with people the example of what you mean by making the other individual or your client or prospective client, the hero of the story. In marketing, the goal is to make the customer the hero. They're the ones that are on the journey. They're the ones with the problem. 
that needs a solution and an outcome where they win the day. So the analogy that goes back to Star Wars is the customer is Luke Skywalker, who has a bunch of problems, gets the training he needs, and then ultimately wins the day. You as the business owner get to be the person who guides him along the way. And that's, you get to play the role of Obi-Wan or Yoda uh, and in, in giving that, that training, that guiding. You're the one with the experience, but your clients are the ones who win the day. Yeah, that's awesome. It's such a, like, that was like, to me, it was like a, an explosion in my brain. Like, whoa, that is so interesting, kind of shifting that. And once you're clear on that, I think it really begins to change messaging. It changes stories, right? So like, I'm sure you've seen where companies come to you and they think they got their stuff together and they show you their story that they're telling and you're like, nah, dude, like this is all about you, right? Yeah. And can I pick on the real estate field for just a hundred percent? Yeah. Let's you guys are the worst at it. Like, <laughs> and because it's, it's all personality driven marketing and, and that's okay. People want to connect to the person behind the products and services that they are buying. However, there needs to be that buy-in factor. And if you're, if you're personality marketing, you always need to be turning it back around to what's in it for them. What's in it for your clients? Why do your accomplishments, skills, personality, negotiation, tactics, whatever it is, why does that matter to them? Yeah. So if you were to kind of, uh, you know, consult with, uh, you know, real estate agents, what would you say are like two or three things that they should be focused on or really um, looking to implement to not fit in that category of like the worst? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things that you that you can can do to show the social proof and the expertise that you have without standing in the hero's spotlight. One is customer testimonials. You can say how great you are all day long, but as soon as your customer says how great you are, it takes that up. 10 levels. It, it increases the validity of that statement tenfold. So that that's the number one thing you can do is have other people tout your accomplishments. Uh, the, the other thing that you can do is you can really paint the successful ending. What does look, what does being the hero and winning the day look like for your customers? And is, is that being able to sell a home quickly? Is that being able to get top dollar for it? What is it that they want? You know, you mentioned those really great, you know, leading questions that are really fact finding that you ask in your discovery process. Most of the time, if you ask people, they will tell you exactly what success looks like for them. And if you can turn around and rephrase it to them five minutes later, they'll forget that they, it's, they'll forget that they told you. And they'll feel really heard and seen. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that. I'm taking notes as we're writing. Uh, I read, I think it was in the book uh, Influence by Dr. Cialdini, where he said that, um, uh, you know, people like at restaurants, like waiters and waitresses, if they actually write down when you say the order, they just write it down. On average, they get like a 15 to 18% higher tip versus somebody who just stands there and is like, uh-huh and then walks away. 
So I, it's so interesting, right? Fascinating. Just because like I wrote it down, you're like, oh, he's really listening to me. Like he's paying attention to what I'm saying. It's exactly right. So I, I wrote down two things, right? So I tell people regularly like this idea of digital assets and you just kind of painted it in an interesting way, which is that, you know, digital assets are a way to brag without you having to do it. And it's a way for you to say like, yeah, I'm great, but it's not coming out of your mouth. So it's a, uh, it's shifting, right? The uh, kind of humble brag sort of thing to wait, wait, like this is what my clients are saying, right? Mm -hmm. And then that, that demonstrates social proof. It demonstrates authority that you know what you're doing. And those digital assets do that on your behalf. So you don't have to go in and say, did you know, like I'm the best agent and I sell the most homes and that sort of thing. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And really most people are just trying to check two boxes and they can be checked very easily. They want to know that you have the qualifications to do what you say you're going to do. And they want to know they're not your first client. That is <laughs> Basically it. Yeah. And here we come in with a whole long resume of everything we've ever accomplished in our entire yeah. life. Um, and, I, you know, quick, quick story. I, I wish somebody, I'm sure this is a huge breach of HR policy, but I was working on a story brand session with a client who said, you have got to see this resume. They were, it was an ER practice of doctors. And she pulled out this doctor's resume of a surgeon and a neurosurgeon, a very accomplished woman who in her CV had listed everything she'd accomplished all the way back to winning second place in a beauty contest in the third grade. <laughs> That's crazy. We're tempted to do that, but what, I mean, you're, and you just have to ask yourself, what does that have to do with her performing brain surgery, right? Nothing. Nothing. And but it's also, it's so indicative of like, uh, kind of the need for significance, right? Like, like I'm, a, I'm a big deal sort of thing where what you're saying here, which is so interesting is that they just want to know two things, man. Like, do you know what you're doing? Right? Like, can you help me? Are you qualified to help me? And that this isn't the first time you did it. And what I'm aware of is those reviews, they accomplish both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're saying like from a marketing perspective, which I tell clients all the time that I coach that it's becoming imperative because technology is changing our expectations. It's changing our behavior patterns. And we all in the calendar year of 2021 consult our phones and we look at reviews prior to making decisions about who gets our money. And what you're saying is it's interesting in that it helps you to be able to, uh, you know, not have to be in a position where you're talking about yourself, that those digital assets will handle those two qualifications in the minds of the consumer without you even speaking to them. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. awesome. And if, if you have that, if you're using Google or Facebook reviews or whatever third party platform you want to collect reviews on, that verifies it in the mind of the customer. And then it opens the opportunity for you to spend all of your time focused on their problems. And if they're and then you have their attention. Marketing is all about getting attention. And the number one thing that we will, a person will pay attention to all day long and never get tired about is somebody talking about their problems. Yeah, that's totally true. And you're absolutely right in the sense that um, previously in kind of my initial training in real estate, it was very much so kind of uh, what you described as like the worst, right? Uh, like, you know, I'm the best and being very kind of individual and ego, ego kind of centric. 
And um, what I found is that I could, you know, I could get people to do what I would like sometimes, but oftentimes, A, they weren't really happy about it or B, uh, I didn't really feel good during the process, right? And it also wasn't something that like there was capacity in. And once I made that shift of what you're really describing is coming from a place of contribution, which is like, I can't really be present with you if I'm talking about myself. And, I, and, and it's also like when I go in and try to talk about myself, I'm trying to prove myself worthy. And I don't care how you do that. That never comes across great when you're trying to prove yourself worthy, right? Um, so that's so interesting. Now, I did write down here, one of the other things you said is paint a successful ending. So talk to me about like some ways that you think agents or business owners in general could go about cr uh, creating some sort of medium, whether it's video or whatever, that demonstrates what a successful ending looks like. Mm -hmm. One of the really important things when you're painting that successful ending is that it's, it, it buys, it, it creates stakes in the story. So the reason why you need to talk about these positive outcomes is because it helps people look into the future and see themselves with their problems solved. So that, that's the key is you need to show what life looks like when the problems are solved. And it's not the house is sold and we're moved in comfortably. It's now we have more leisure time or now we have a better the quality of life that we've been looking for, or now we're closer to family or whatever that element of success was that that particular customer client was looking for. You want to really detail that as much as possible because, uh, and, and you probably know this, uh, people have a hard time seeing past ugly paint and carpet, right? And yeah. into the bones of the house. Sure. <laughs> and so as you, as an agent, when you're trying to sell a house, you're helping them imagine what it will look like transformed. Um, in your marketing, what you need to do is take that one step forward and help them imagine what their life transformation is when they've been able to make this move. Or if you're talking with investors, what it looks like when they now have this investment property um, income coming in as well. And what does that allow that? What, what possibilities does this open up to them? People want to know what the growth path is. Yeah, that's so interesting because what I'm aware of is you can do that either what comes up for me as we're having this conversation is either in a medium of some sort. So I wrote down maybe like taking a video of specific success stories with clients mm -hmm. that you've helped sell their home and then telling the story such mm -hmm. as like, you know, the Smiths were on the market for six months with another agent. They didn't sell. They were feeling down and dejected, didn't know what to do. We had the good fortune of meeting with them. We helped them get their home sold in a week. They're now out in California and here's a picture of them and they're enjoying their life, right? So that's an example of what you're describing, correct? Yeah, exactly. And that's the perfect thing. Those things, those are not hard to put together. When you take the time to do that, the life, the shelf life that those kinds of assets have and the impact that has on future growth for your business is tremendous. Yeah. I, yeah. Those can like, what comes up for me is the word like evergreen. They can be like evergreen in the sense that once you shoot them, um, you know, they can exist forever sort of thing. And what I'm also gathering from you is you want to get a lot of different types of experiences because in those types of experiences, the different clients will see themselves in it. And that could be simple things like, like where the property was sold. They could be like, Oh, well, I live in that 
neighborhood or I live in that city, right? Mm -hmm. And or it could be the overall kind of overreaching, uh, you know, kind of dynamics that the people are dealing with. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The more specific you can get, the wider net you can cast as far as who you attract. So if you have lots of different specific stories, people will be able to pick and choose what resonates with them. Awesome. And then I'm also aware what came up for me too, as we were having this conversation is you can do that with language where you can start to do, give like social proof when somebody's example is similar. It's like, yeah, you know, we had a similar situation for the Smiths. Uh, We put their home on the market. They weren't sure how to position it. They chose the the second strategy. We ended up getting multiple offers and uh, actually sold a little bit above the asking price. So by doing that, again, you're helping them to see themselves in the story, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it gives them confidence to take steps forward because there's two things that keep people from moving forward in, in a marketing sense. The first is confusion. If they are confused, about what they need to do and what the steps are to move forward, they will take no steps. If we give somebody too many options in marketing, they will not take any of those options. They will just be confused. Um, And the second thing that holds people back is fear of failure. And a lot of times that's just because they can't see what the outcome is. So their choice is to not do anything and because at least they know what they have, right? They're, they're not going to lose anything. <laughs> yeah, and, that's, anything. and that's super helpful because, you know, when people are, uh, you know, let's say for those that are listening, whatever business that they're in, if you, if you have a client and they're not moving forward, what Natalie's telling us is that there's two things going on. They're either confused about what it is that you're offering them, or they're afraid that they're going to make the wrong choice or, or, or fail, And as such, in both of those, well, particularly the second one, I haven't painted a clear enough picture as to what the successful outcome is going to look like. Is that right? Right. Right. Yep. And then I can use different things to do that, whether it be media or kind of with language. Now, I'm curious because I know that uh, what I, you know, kind of engaged with you on was helping us to create an email sequence. And I know that you know, there are other kind of products or services that people use that for. At the same time, I'm also aware that people can be using that in their real estate business. So, you know, one of the things that I see, whether whatever type of client it is, let's say it's an expired listing, they come off the market, the home doesn't sell, they get bombarded with phone calls, right? Uh, the minute it comes off the market. So what, what would be a way that agents out there could utilize technology that's readily available and with the story brand and everything that you're sharing with me on how to convert those types of kind of, uh, you know, prospective clients into clients for their business. Mm-hmm. So just, we're talking specifically about that. You want to talk specifically about that scenario? Yeah. Um, like that scenario, yeah, because they, I'm aware that it's they, applicable to others too. Yeah. Yeah. It really, what we're talking about is entering into a very competitive marketing cycle. There's lots of agents that are uh, going after this, this listing and, and, and this applies to other businesses too, because competition is not unique to real estate, right? Competition is just part of business and life. And anytime you're in a very competitive space, anytime you're in a very crowded market, if you lead with three types of problems, 
your message is going to stand above the rest because 90% of your competition is going to be, is going to lead with their authority and how great they are and how good they are at what they're doing. If you come in and say, I see that your house was on the market for six months and didn't sell. That's their external problem. That's the problem that's staring them in their face. That's the first type of problem to address. And then if you follow that up with saying, I can imagine that this is feels incredibly frustrating to you, disappointing, and that your goals for moving forward have been put on hold. Now you've just identified their internal problems. When it comes to resonating and getting people to take action, the external problem is not the problem we're willing to spend money on. It's fixing the internal problems that motivates us psychologically. And when you study buying and selling, um, that's what gets people to take actions. Lead with the feelings and, and let people know you see and hear their feelings. And then the third type of problem is a philosophical problem. It's the why it's the just plain wrong that this is happening to you. I'm sorry that this happened. It's really a shame that it wasn't able to sell. I think I can help you offer that, you know, you shouldn't have had to go through this. I can help you. Yeah. Let me be the first to tell you that you definitely deserve better service than that. I guess I'm curious. I mean, if you did have an offer that was like reasonable or acceptable in the next 30 to 60 days, do you think you would still sell the property, Natalie, or have things changed forever? And then you're, that's exactly right. So this is so interesting. This idea between there's an external problem. I didn't sell. And then there's an internal problem is that I feel frustrated. I feel uh, perhaps hopeless. Like I don't know what to do. And you said something there, which was so critical is that people don't spend money on external problems. They spend money to fix the internal problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fascinating because I remember uh, I was at Business Mastery with Tony Robbins and he said that we don't buy products or services. We buy feelings and identities. Mm-hmm. And that's kind yeah. of, that's exactly what you're saying to me, right? Right. Right. If, if, if I wanted to do some marketing for a lawn care company, I would not lead with the idea of you're going to have weed-free grass. I'm going to lead with the idea of you're going to have the best lawn on the block. Right. Yeah. That taps into the feeling of it. You're, you that, know, you're <laughs> that taps into significance. Yeah. Like you want to exactly. be like, uh, yeah. Cause that's what he did. He went into the crowd and he was like, um, let me, let me prove my point. He's like, how many guys, uh, how many ladies in the room have bought like an expensive purse and they all raise their hands and somebody like he grabs like a Louis Vuitton. He's like, okay, well, how much did you spend for that? She was like five grand. He's like, great. Why'd you buy it? She was like, uh, real sheepishly, she's like, the color. He's like, really? The doo-doo brown? That's what they did for you? It's like, no, look up on the list. Which one of those were you trying to accomplish? Which feeling were you buying? And it was significance because I want to be able to have it and have people look at me and be like, ooh-wee, like she's so cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very interesting. And you're right that 90% of people lead with authority on how great they are. Or they'll say things like, are you familiar with the techniques that I use? So, like, who cares? No, they don't care right? Unless I can tap into what they're kind of feeling and experiencing. And then this philosophical issue, which is, well, gosh, I mean, you know, you certainly deserve better service than that. And I guess I'm wondering, because my job is to help you. It's never to talk you into doing anything. 
is this something that's still important to you and your family or have things changed forever? And when I say the change forever, it's like I'm slamming that door shut. And they're like, well, no, they haven't changed forever. We still want to do it. Okay. So if you had an offer that was reasonable or acceptable in the next 30, 60 days, would you still sell it? Yes, we would. Great. Well, just by you saying that demonstrates we should get together and discuss the options. Can I make a suggestion? And then we close, right? Right. And what you're talking about is those micro yeses that get people saying yes. You know, have things changed forever for you? No. Oh, so you still want to do something? Yes. And now you've got them, even just the process of getting somebody to nod their head has been shown to, if you get them saying yes on little things, it leads to a, a more, a higher likelihood of them saying yes to the business. That's exactly right. And for those of you who can watch this, as I was doing it, you'll see that I was going like this. <laughs> uh, yeah. We've both been nodding our heads. We've both been nodding like, yes, yes, for sure. Yes. So that's wonderful. And then what I'm aware of is you can do this because we demonstrated kind of the geek, geeky kind of nerdy psychology behind what it is we're doing. I'm also aware that you can do this in a medium like email, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. So talk, talk a little bit about that. You can do this anywhere where you can put words you can do this. You can do this in a face-to-face -face meeting. You can do this on your website. You can do this in email communications where you can even have a longer conversation. So for example, when we put together that email um, series for you, we went through problems, solutions, transformations, successes in a much longer conversation. And that allowed you uh, allows for people to really sit with that and get their object, you know, overcome their objections, get their questions answered. And then the call to action is always the same. That if there's one other thing besides leading with authority that most people do wrong in marketing is that they feel like by giving everybody all the options, they will not let anybody slip through the cracks. But what ends up happening is you give people too many options and they all slip through the cracks. It's so funny you say that because I tell people regularly, the example I give is like, if you've ever been to like Subway, you know, and you're like, hey, I want some mustard. And they're like, okay, what kind of mustard do you want? You're like, I don't know what kind you got. And they give you like 10. My brain shuts down just like, boop, like, I don't care. I don't even want mustard anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and that's exactly what you're describing, right? Where they try to throw the kitchen sink at them versus... Um, giving them a tailored solution based on what they've kind of, you know, shared with me, correct? Right. When I walk into a sandwich shop, I want you to tell me which mustard goes best with the meat I chose. I want you to be the expert. I just want to be able to say yes or no to mustard. And that's what makes a great call, call to action, something that is just something easy to accept or reject. Yes, I want to list my home. No, I don't. You know, yes, I want to move forward with you. No, I'm exploring other options. Uh, when we say things like, do you want to learn more? Do you want to get started? These are all ambiguous calls to action. A concrete call to action. Would you like to sign a contract today? Yeah. So when yes, I see you, if it makes sense, no. Natalie, and you feel comfortable and confident with me that I can help, you check me out online, you see that due diligence and you see you know, our track record and reviews. It seems as though you'd be open to the possibility of hiring me to help when I see you tonight at six, correct? And yeah, Natalie's like, right. yeah, okay, great. So I'll bring with me the appropriate documentation and provide it all makes sense, we'll get started, okay? Yes. And that's a call to action that's very specific. It's not wishy-washy, right? Very specific, because you gave, you told them what would, what you were gonna do, 
what the outcome was and what time it's going to happen. It's perfect. Which Such in a their, concrete call to action. Yeah, I love that. So, so that's so interesting. And I, and I share with people all the time. It's like, I want to get to a definite no or a definite yes. I don't want in between. So whether it's in your marketing or in your language, you know, just like that question I said, like, is it still important to you or have things changed forever? That's a yes or a no. It's not in between. Mm-hmm. And doing that regularly, right? And and you really do, I know you do mm-hmm. because this is what you do, that if an if whatever business somebody's in, but particularly let's say for agents, if they created like a sequence for certain type of people, whether it's expired, whether it's for sale by owners, somebody trying to sell on their own, where they could with a combination of language and speaking to them, but also like an email sequence where we're using story brand, telling stories, giving people, you know, kind of uh, speaking to their external problem and their internal problem. And then showing them what the end result would be with like testimonials from clients or things of that nature, that that would lead to conversion and lead to deals, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like 100% without question. And what do you think the main barrier for most people is? Because, I mean, clearly this stuff works. I get emails all the time from all different types of places, right? Like, why do you think people don't do this in their business? I don't understand I think it's for a couple of reasons. I think number one, it's hard to see the forest from the trees when you're working on your own business. That's why having an outside opinion to help you filter the information in the correct format is such a great tool to really dialing in that message and getting it right. Uh, this, the second thing is, is that having an easy framework to use is something that most people don't have. Um, that is why I'm a huge proponent of the story brand methodology, which is something I didn't create, but as a um, certified story brand guide through this program, we get access to, and it's actually available to anyone. You can go to storybrand.com and learn more about it. Um, And there's a ton of resources for the story brand framework, but it's seven simple elements of marketing, a lot of which we've talked about in our conversation. And, and I think those are the two things that hold people back. It's just lack of clarity on, on what's really important coming from them to, we have a TMI tendency, honestly, and, and we just turn the fire hose on and get nervous and tell all the information, afraid we might miss something. And, and in that fear, we miss everything because we've turned, we've just really doused everybody with too much information. And then having a framework, it was the second part. That's but. awesome. So the right human, right? I'm aware that usually mm-hmm. when we're stuck, like somebody taught me one time, like we're one relationship away. So it's mm-hmm. finding the right person. Right. And then also having like a framework with which to work from and then begin with baby steps. You know, I'm aware that, you know, for me, that email sequence is like a relatively newer thing. And I'm aware that from that, will that'll be a springboard to more, um, you know, marketing pieces to come. So, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been an enjoyable use of uh, my non-refundable precious breaths. I hope it has been for you as well. I think people will get a lot from it. I love to uh, kind of geek out with uh, another geek who is interested in how to sell stuff to other people. And if people want to find you because you are a rock star in the space, where could they find you? Sure. Um, I'm online in most places as Moxie Tonic. And uh, our website is moxytonic.com. And you can find out more information about StoryBrand there and how to infuse the right messaging into your marketing. 
Awesome. And I highly recommend her, her and her team. They're great. Again, thanks again for taking the time and uh, look forward to reconnecting soon. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.